Hi guys, I'm back. <laughs> This time we're gonna talk a little bit about Megan Markle and her re-entry into the market. <laughs> we're gonna talk about Britney Spears and what's going on with her, the 22-minute video she put out, the song with Elton. And then we're also going to talk about Olivia Wilde, Harry Styles, Shia LaBeouf, and Florence Pugh, and all the drama surrounding Don't Worry Darling. So, stick around, because I'm going in. Alright guys, so let's get into it. Brittany. We had her song with Elton John finally released last Friday. I think it's a terrific song. It's very uplifting. I think Elton knew just what the world needed right now. Let alone him stepping in and helping Britney Spears feel better. Um, I think we can all acknowledge that he obviously did help her. He gave her a hand up. He showed her a kind heart. He gave her a shoulder. And he he made her feel better. And I've said it um, in the past. I wasn't always a Britney, huge Britney fan of her music. But this whole redemption arc, everything she's been through... I'm a fan of a person's life, of her life, of her being redeemed, of her finding some happiness. Um, and this was just played a huge role in it. And it was a beautiful thing. And, you know, it's it's a metaphor for a lot of things in life. Like you go through some really hard times and they sometimes last a really long time. And it feels like what Brittany said You wonder, is there a God? But like my grandfather used to say, God's shoes are heavy, but he always gets there in the end. Meaning it might take a while, but eventually there is justice. So Brittany, 13 years. Now we had uh, somebody helped her get the lawyer that she has that got her out of the conservatorship. I still believe that is Madonna. She had ties to this lawyer through John, through Sean Penn. And I believe that she anonymously decided to help Brittany. Brittany said in her 22-minute recording the other day that a friend helped her. I strongly believe that that friend was Madonna. Because just prior to Brittany getting uh, Rosen... Rosen Garten as her lawyer, Madonna, and and the the um, we had heard Britney speak on recording when uh, in court. That first initial time we heard her speak after so long, it was just a few days after that that Madonna posted, "Britney, we're coming to get you, free Britney, free Britney, free Britney." So Madonna, we know she's powerful. She did have a connection to Rosen I think it's Madonna. I think it's a beautiful thing. I'm actually, I actually just got chills talking about it. It's such a beautiful thing. When, when somebody can help somebody else and does, you know, we're not all in the position to help people. And then some people are in the position to help people and don't. 
which we're not even going to get into. People with tons and tons of money and access and resources and all they care about is material things. We won't get into that. But I think you guys know what I mean. Anyway, so the song came out. I was so happy. Britney fans were thrilled. You know, generally most people like the song. I got a DM like first thing in the morning saying, you know, I don't know. I I've I just can't keep quiet about this. I really don't like the song. Like her vocals are awful. And like and by the way, while we're on the topic, I don't like Beyonce either. I don't care. I don't care. And neither does anybody else. This person was referring to the fact that I've been posting and hyping Britney up and hyping Beyonce up. It's my page. If I want to be happy or if I like something, then I like it. Just because you woke up in a bad mood or you don't like it, you don't have to say the person said it in such a grumpy way that it actually set the tone for the rest of my day. It's like, guys, if you're going to send DMs, do it in a diplomatic way. Like, I don't understand, first of all, how this person... I don't know how many times I have to say that. Like, I'm not like this big Britney fan, but I'm a fan of of humanity, of like beautiful things. And it was a beautiful thing. And if you're that bitter and like nasty about something that was really beautiful, then I don't know what to tell you. Guys, Guys, let's root for the underdog. Let's root for people who aren't doing well. So get lost. Anyways, back to Britney. She then put out during the MTV Awards, which was interesting because I'd heard, for example, Perez Hilton and Dumois speaking. They said, you know, like, you guys might think that Britney doesn't know what's going on, but she knows a lot more. Like, she's a lot um, sort of sharper than we give her credit for and that she knows what she's doing for example when she puts out controversial posts and I somewhat tend to believe that like when she put out that 22 minute recording during at the same night she knew that it would sort of get extra hype you know I think it was done on purpose I think we don't give her enough credit um that things aren't always as they appear Like, some people think that she appears completely out of it. She's not completely out of it. In my opinion, she's not completely with it. But she's definitely not completely out of it. So, anyway, she put out this 22-minute statement. She, you know, obviously sounded very somber. You could hear the weariness in her voice. You could hear it. What I noticed was she only focused on the 13 years that she was in the conservatorship. Like, she made almost no mention whatsoever of her life prior. Um, Of course, you know, she is in a state where she's going to talk about what she's been through in the last 13 years. But I think for context, we have to remember prior to that what was going on. You know, whether... Her behavior prior to the conservatorship when she was driving on the highway with her baby, when she was carrying her baby and carrying a drink at the same time, when she was went out clubbing with Paris Hilton and she went in wearing one outfit and came out wearing a different outfit. 
um, when she shaved her head. Like you, you have to put all these events together. And when you stack everything, there was a problem. There was a problem, and you know, Brittany sort of doesn't want to look at that part, or says. You know, she said there was no drugs or alcohol in my system when they first put her in their conservatorship that horrible night when we saw her being put on a gurney. Like, the story there was something about she wanted her kids, but they were going to leave and she didn't want them to leave. And she locked herself in the bathroom with her kids. And that's why they, the, the police showed up. We don't know. We don't know. She says that her mom said... You know, people are are coming, might be coming to get you tomorrow, coming to talk to you tomorrow. Maybe we should go to a hotel tonight. And then in the next sentence, she says, my mother planned it with my father. And then these people came. I didn't know what was going on. We don't know if it actually, she said it her own words. Her mother said, maybe we should go somewhere. Maybe her mother was trying to get her out of there before it all happened, but, but didn't know how or was too afraid to take the step. Dealing with her abusive, controlling father is no joke. Abusive, controlling alcoholics are no joke, you guys. If you're not strong enough to face them, you can't face them. You can't challenge them. We don't know if that was the case with her mother. I find it hard. I, like I, This is the way I, I'm thinking. I'm in no... This is in no way, shape, or form that I, I'm stating facts or that I even think, oh, I probably have it right. But this is just what I think. I think she may have had bipolar disorder. But, you know, there was a lot of questionable stuff going on. So we don't know if it was just a young girl sowing her wild oats, if there was some mental illness, if it was a little bit of both. In my opinion, I think it was a little bit of both. And I think her mother realized, her mother, I saw an interview with her saying prior, before, when Brittany was starting to, to act out, her mother in an interview said, because they asked her mother, like, why aren't you keeping a closer eye? Which is the mistake I think her mother made. Not I think, I'm positive that's the mistake her mother made. And her mother said, Brittany can handle herself. Her mother was like trying to give her the benefit of the doubt, I think. And saying, like, it's not that bad. Like, she's fine. Like, she... Like, I think her mother was trying to give her the benefit of the doubt until things spun out of control. And then her mother was like, "Uh uh-oh. And I think some creepy evil people that did approach other people, like Lindsay Lohan's parents, like uh, people around... um, Courtney Love, who had ulterior motives, wanted to get them under conservatorship and take all advantage of their finances. So these people got to Britney's parents, who are relatively uneducated, not worldly, let's say, especially her father, and got to them, and then boom, it's they thought they were helping her. They trusted these people who they believe were smart. And smarter than them and knew that we're more powerful than them and then it just became a runaway train and I think her mother was a f- I, I think they were afraid to look too close maybe it was too much to handle do I think her mother didn't give a, a damn no I don't think that do I think her mother made a lot of mistakes yes 
For example, Billie Eilish's parents don't let her out of their sight. And that's why Billie Eilish has a good head on her shoulder. And that's the mistake that Britney's mother made. And I'm sure she sees it now. I'm I'm almost positive. Okay, so Britney's mother reached out after the recording on Instagram because Britney won't speak to her and said, please, like, let's speak between us. I've been trying to reach out. I can't get through to you. We don't know if the mother was trying to make herself look better or if the mother really wants to get through to her. And Brittany's not ready to talk. She's not ready to talk, but I'll say it again. I believe, I hope that she heals. I think she needs her family. I don't, I think her father should be a write-off. Unless he, like, gets on his knees and begs for forgiveness. And I actually do believe in that. When you come to the realization that you've really messed up and you admit it, then we can accept it. But until that day... Like, I have a feeling that Britney's mother would say to her, I'm sorry, I let you down. I have a feeling she would. I could be very wrong, but I'm trying to look on a more positive, humane side. So, we had that 22-minute video. It was very sad. But, as far as Britney, you know, as far as her recollections being accurate, I'll give another example. During that recording she said that they used to take um she said they used to take either eight or six and she called it galls of blood right and we know that she made a mistake instead of saying vials of blood she was saying galls of blood um she said six or eight then after she deleted the recording a few hours later she went back on twitter which is where she is now she puts out tweets she's gone off instagram but for some reason she's on twitter she went on twitter and she said that she corrected it and she goes i meant eight vials not eight gallons and okay so what i'm trying to say is in the recording she said the number six let's say for example six galls she said and then when she tweeted she said eight vials instead of the number she had said in the recording she used it was either six or eight and she flipped the numbers which shows me this is not just one example there's been so many examples on her instagram where she's gotten things that we know wrong she didn't even remember herself if she was getting this daily she would probably remember she was getting it daily i believe that but what i'm saying is she should remember the exact number but she doesn't which should tell us that she doesn't remember other things accurately either which is why i give her sister and her mother a bit of breathing room and, and in any case, when two people are telling you a story, the truth is usually in the middle. Everybody sees things and recounts things from their perspective. So the whole point I'm trying to make is, again, were was her mother and sister and everybody. Like she was saying, all my friends, her friends came to visit her and nobody paid her any attention. How is it possible that nobody... That everybody treated her badly. 
in my opinion, it's more like everybody was probably scared. I can't see people saying, oh, we want to come and hang out with you. And then treating her badly. She goes, all my friends, all this, all that. How can so many people have treated her badly? I think her perception of a lot of things is off. Which leads me back to some sort of mental health issue. You know, she sounded very clear in that in that recording. Very clear, very concise, very... Um, you know, cohesive, her whole story, unlike a lot of her posts in the past, which have been all over the place within one paragraph. And then after, you know, it's always this back and forth. And then she tweeted a couple of, uh, one was a video and one was a photo of her squeezing her breasts in a very sexual way. Like it wasn't even sexy. It was sexual. If you know what I mean. And she's she's doing it on purpose. I don't know if she's trying to throw it in her dad's face. Because her dad used to call her names. Or if it's part of bipolar disorder. In which another marker is hypersexuality. The next tweet she put out. Was another tweet dancing in her bikini in the same shoes lifting the bottom of her bikinis with her thumbs to the point where you're just about to see down her you know what so on the one hand she's putting out this cohesive recording on the other hand she's being hypersexual and one just doesn't know what to think anymore but at the end of the day we are praying for Brittany to get better. And if Mr. You-Know-Who didn't like her song, then he can stick it where the sun don't shine. Because us over here, we're praying for Brittany. And that is that. All right, let's get into the film, soon to be released, premiering at Venice Film Festival in like a week. Don't worry, darling. And that whole kerfuffle over there with Olivia Wilde, Florence Pugh, Shia LaBeouf, Harry Styles. Whew, there's a lot. So hopefully, long story short. Shia LaBeouf was supposed to star in Olivia Wilde's second film, which is a feature. Her first film was an indie, so it's a big deal for her, a big deal for female directors that this movie does well. It was originally cast male lead Shia LaBeouf. During the beginning of rehearsals and filming, Shia LaBeouf was accused of sexual battery, sued, is being sued by his ex-girlfriend, FKA Twigs. Um, in the past, he has also been accused of sexual things by other girlfriends. And he's gotten into public and physical fights with other actors. He's been to rehab six times. He's had a redemption story so many times. 
you know, I didn't know that much about him other than sort of negative things I heard about him, other than the fact that he was a good actor. People would always, you know, have to follow up with that. And I watched the film that he directed himself about sort of his own life and his father and how he grew up and his mother. He basically made his father out to be out there. They lived in motel rooms. I think his father introduced him to prostitutes. Like he had a very strange upbringing. His parents wanted him to be an actor and they had to like literally scrape by and everything was on him so you know it's one of these tragic sort of childhood star stories he's now backpedaling and saying he did his father dirty in that movie um he so olivia wilde we sort of all of a sudden he was replaced with harry styles harry styles apparently she wanted him to do originally but he was busy on tour and then covid happened so then when they couldn't they wanted to get rid of Shia, Harry was available, and everything turned out great, and as we know what happened with that, Harry Styles and Olivia hooked up, whether she was still with Jason Sudeikis at the time is unclear, um, Harry fans freak out over Olivia, They're, they hate her, there's this whole hate campaign, I don't understand why people are so idiotic, it's not your life, it's not your business, like, we don't even know the whole story, so, then there became rumors of Florence and Olivia not getting along, Florence doesn't like Olivia, at first the rumors were because Florence liked Harry, and then Harry and Olivia ended up together, and that wasn't cool, now it turns out that, so, Olivia had to do some interviews, leading up to the film and in this one big interim variety i posted on instagram she's again very well spoken she comes from a good family very educated uh which is you know one reason harry probably likes her loves her and um she was talking about cheyenne that she had to fire him because she has to make her she has to make her actors feel safe because there was a lot there's a there's sex scenes and you know the female has to feel um safe and so she said she fired him next day Shia LaBeouf comes out with oh no you didn't I quit and he had receipts he had emails between him and Olivia text between him and Olivia her sort of begging him to stay on the project he said he wanted to quit because there wasn't enough rehearsal time he's a method actor he gets into character apparently he was being a little brutal and it seems like maybe Florence Pugh was uncomfortable or everybody was uncomfortable on set it seems don't take my word but that seems to be the gist of what happened and so it made Olivia look like she's lying it threw a lot of questions and holes into her story we don't know like he even put out gave out to outlets a video where she is videotaping herself asking shy to please stay on the project and that you know Flor- miss florence she refers to us so things weren't as kosher as olivia made it seem or clean cut so there's been people are making jokes now that they they'd rather see the making what happened at the making of this movie rather than the movie itself at this point 
So I kind of feel sorry for Olivia Wilde. Who knows? She was probably stuck between a rock and a hard place. But at the same time, why are you hiring? You know, if I knew these stories about Shia prior to the FKA Twigs, I knew he was problematic. Why are you hiring somebody like that for your film? And, And sort of begging them to stay on it if you know that... There was whispers about there uh, about him out there. You're kind of seeing it in rehearsals. Apparently, he was not in a good mood. And uh, again, it pokes questions. But at the same time, I also feel sorry for her because she's getting all these Harry fans bashing her too. And it's all a bit too much. I don't think anybody should be persecuted like that unless they're, they're like really evil. Um. And so it's all a bit much. So that's the story. And now people are questioning, "Uh uh-oh, what's going to happen with Harry and Olivia? You know, are they going to stay together? Um, Are they going to do press together? Are they going to do it separately? Florence Pugh, she's been very, very quiet. Apparently, she was supposed to do some press for Don't Worry Darling. And I think I heard that all she's going to do is the Venice Film Festival. I don't know if she's going to do an interview, but she's going to walk the red carpet. And she said no to other interviews because she has other work commitments. I don't know if that's true. If they just made that up to get her out of it now because she wants nothing to do with it. But the whole thing surrounding this movie is a lot. Harry, he's busy as hell. He's still touring, uh, doing Madison Square Garden. He's coming to Toronto Film Festival. I think it's the week after the Venice Film Festival for a different movie, My Policeman. I think he has a show at Madison Square Garden like the next night. The guy is busy. I don't know how he doesn't fall down from exhaustion. All these celebrities, my God, the way they live, it's too much. But anyways, that's the story. Uh, Olivia, not in the best position. She was seen out. You could tell it sort of looked like a setup photo shoot so that she's seen before Venice comes. But she hasn't given any statements regarding what Shia said. Now we find out Shia, he's on this campaign to look like the good guy. He's a reformed Catholic. He's playing Padre Pio. Are you kidding me? He's playing it. It's director Abel Ferreira. He has made some controversial films in the past. He seems like a disruptor type of film to make filmmaker, which is why it makes sense for him to have cast somebody again with all these allegations against him with his reputation and uh, they're all trying to put it in a package and saying he's uh, found God. Meanwhile, as I said on my Instagram and I showed proof, the Daily Mail had photos of him with his now girlfriend. It was his ex-girlfriend. Then he got back together with her, had a baby with her. He is tugging at the front of her pants in one shot. He is going underneath her top and fondling her breasts in another shot in the middle of the street. The mother Mia Goth, her name is, she looked uncomfortable. To me, this seems like some form of control. I don't understand how he could be going on this campaign to say he's a Catholic and converted and good and repent and that when um, five minutes ago he was doing that. There's something wrong with this picture. I don't like that they cast him as Padre Pio. Padre Pio wasn't perfect, but I just don't think, I think it's very disrespectful. He did say that uh, the the 
priest, the monastery, all around Padre Pio, they were all fine with the project, which makes perfect sense to me, because in Italy, there's a lot of corruption, so I don't, of course, they got the green light to them, they're getting more publicity for Padre Pio, his, his charities, and so on and so forth, so, it's convoluted. It's no minestrone, as we say in Italian, a minestra. It's a whole mix of everything. But a minestra is usually good. But in terms of sort of phrases, you could say a minestra is when a whole bunch of stuff gets mixed up and not always good. Anyways, that's that on that. I want to see the movie, though. I hope it's good. I hope Olivia does well because, you know, she's worked hard. This is her big chance, really, and possibly last chance at a big film. So, I don't know. All good things to everyone. What else can we say? All right. And now let's get on our next topic. Meghan Markle. (laughs) Never a shortage of talking points there. (laughs) Meghan Markle, as we know, in the past few weeks, has become... hit the ground running, back onto the scene, starting with her interview for The Cut. It was a very long interview (laughs) Every a lot of outlets were posting that it was like almost 7,000 words. And if you're a writer and you write for these publications, you know that that's long. <laughs> that's long. They, they gave her a lot. So it was a interview and then a whole pictorial. She looked great. Um, I believe at one point in the interview, it said I skimmed through it because I just couldn't. <laughs> one point in the interview... I don't know, I guess she had gotten back from the photo shoot and Harry, and she said oh, to Harry, I'm not a model. And Harry said, yes, you are. You could be a model. <laughs> oh, stop, Harry, stop. <laughs> she, <laughs> she knows she looks great in clothes and knows how to move and everything else. So, yeah, who are you kidding? <laughs> you loved it. Um, so, in the interview, she said a lot of things. She really, to me, it looked like an opportunity once again to raise her objections with the royal family, how badly she was treated. I don't dismiss some of those those objections or deny that she couldn't have been treated better. She could have, especially by the British press. Um, We don't know what goes on behind closed doors. As far as Harry's family, we know they are English. They deal with things differently than Americans or North Americans. And there's going to be a a difference in style there. She spoke about Harry and her Harry and his father saying that it doesn't have to be the same as with her father as it is with Harry and his father I think a lot of, it wasn't clarified in the interview that she meant she it, it sounded like Harry and his father weren't speaking and I think she somebody had to sort of come back and retract and say that's not what she meant what she meant was 
her and her father were not speaking and that it doesn't have to be like that between Harry and his father. And uh, she had to say that because as a matter of fact, the last time they went back for the Queen's Jubilee, Harry did spend some time with his father and with his kids. So that's nice to hear. But as I was saying on Instagram, you know, she and she said in the interview, you know, it's up to it's up to Harry what he wants to do. Well, you know what? (laughs) The way I was raised when you marry into a family and there's problems between your spouse and the family. I know most spouses try to iron that out as opposed to amplify the problems and I think what happened with Harry Megan was they did amplify and pour gasoline on it and to stand back and then say it's up to Harry what he wants to do is feigning innocence and I don't think that's what the story is I think she added fuel to the fire and she wanted out and they wanted out they got out they're out now why are we still talking why are we still bringing family business out into the public honestly it's embarrassing stop it we all have issues we don't most people 99.9 percent of us do not air them in public and we don't go on about it for years either it's enough it's enough then she did her podcast started her podcast came out with some great guests lined up uh the first one was serena williams and you know there was a back and forth megan got her opportunity again to say how badly she was treated in south africa there was a fire in the baby's room thank god the baby wasn't in the room Tell me, she wants to be like Michelle Obama, okay? We know this. She wants to be a humanitarian. If you're working and on official engagements and something happens, like if that was Michelle Obama, Michelle Obama would have moved on and kept working too because it was on the schedule. She, or maybe she wouldn't have. But you know what she, for sure, Michelle Obama wouldn't have done? is come out to tell us three years later what happened. Just one side of the story, just Megan's side. We don't know if the facts were accurate. Uh, It it doesn't matter if they weren't or they weren't. The situation, let's just give her the benefit of the doubt and say it's exactly how she went down. But why are you talking about it three years later? Like what benefit does it have other than to keep you connected to the royal family and to keep stomping on them. It's as clear as day. Why are we still talking about these incidents? You wanted a new life, new freedom, privacy, da-da. You're not being private. (laughs) You have your freedom. Stop talking about it. But as we saw in she said in one point in that interview and this is where we really need to take note people it's very revealing she said oh yeah i can really say what i want i don't remember signing any non-disclosure i'm paraphrasing i don't remember signing any non-disclosures 
if that wasn't a veiled threat, I don't know what was. If that doesn't show you some type of manipulation going on with her, then I don't know what does. She's basically saying, watch what you do because I can talk a lot more. Why? Why, number one, did you say that? In my opinion, it's a veiled threat is why she wanted to. And number two, why? why? Just move on with your life. Do your podcast. Take interest in what your guests are saying to you. And stop trying to make everything about yourself. So today, I have to confess, I skimmed through a little bit of her second podcast with Mariah Carey. Where they're talking about both being biracial and how Megan felt that she wasn't considered black until she got into the royal family. Again, another, another dig. Another dig, another dig, another dig. And I skimmed through the interview and honestly, I, I, like, I, I got the gist of it. It's a lot of Megan. She loves hearing her own voice which is ironic of me saying it while I'm listening to my own voice. It's just, it's enough. She makes it about herself. I personally will learn nothing from her podcasts. I already know. Uh, Her next guest is Mindy Cowling. I wish she would stick to the guests and really get interested and get them to open up and talk about things they've never talked about and, 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 and give the audience some nuggets. But really, the overriding thing that most people are taking from these podcasts is what she's saying about the royal family. Her treatment, she's a victim, I'm over it. I don't think she's the worst person in the world. I've said that a million times. She is uh, very well-spoken. She's smart. She wears clothes beautifully. I actually love watching some of, not all, but some of her fashion choices. But stop it. Stop it. You're like, you're ruining it for those of us that are trying to get on board. Those of us that were on board with you in the beginning and we're like, great, finally, there's some color being injected to the royal family, which is needed so that it reflects the rest of the world. Absolutely. But in my opinion, she blew it. She didn't win any of the people that she could have over, in my opinion. She divided people in my opinion and I'm over the farce I'm over the farce I wish she'd get the message Michelle Obama herself when she was asked about the Oprah interview and Megan and Harry Jenna Bush was trying to get Michelle Obama to say something in defense of Megan Markle when Megan Markle was saying somebody said something racial in the fan Michelle Obama said yeah, that's a fact of our lives. Like, this is nothing new. In other words, find a way to deal with it. Why are we outing people, trying to shame people, putting people down? Find a way to deal with it that's more constructive. Constructive. The way she operates is not constructive it's constructive to her popularity 
but it's not constructed in terms of uniting people. It's not. And I'm exhausted by her. <laughs> and that's all I've got on that. Love her, like her. I'm I I'm all for I want I wanna I want to root for her. I want to root for her and Harry. I want the same with Brittany and her mother. I want Harry and his brother to get close again. Please, God, let there be a way. But this ain't it. And that is sad. All right, you guys, that was it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. If you did, please like, share, subscribe, rate the podcast, let people know. Tell them to follow me on Instagram, the latest with T. I'm actually looking for a new name. So if somebody would like to send me something catchy, I'd appreciate it. (laughs) Anyways, any support you could give me, I'd appreciate it. It's really hard these days to make moves on social media to grow your numbers. Very difficult. I'm working on that behind the scenes, trying to improve my marketing skills. And that's it. Again, if you enjoyed it, please share, like, subscribe. And I appreciate you listening so much. Thanks, you guys. Take care. Take care of each other. And see you next time.